I'm Erica. And I'm Jules. Most people have at least one thing that they can't or won't eat. Yeah, we're definitely like that. We started this podcast to talk about the gluten-free food industry. Like new products and some of the stories behind your favorite brands. And living life with a specialty diet and also some important healthcare topics. Since we're basically both broken inside. You had me at eat. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of You Had Me at Eat, the show where <laughs> I laugh Jules as soon as it starts every time. Is more broken than me, which is a, honestly a record for the number of podcasts in which we have to deal with Jules. What a pain Thanks. in the butt. No. <laughs> Erica, you got to deal with her. She's such a menace to society. I know, with her. I know, I know. And the sling looks very visible today. Thanks. Yeah, oh, you, definitely you know milking it. I okay. You know what? I'm going to milk it further. I've saved this for you. You haven't even seen this yet. Oh my god, this is this your leg? I don't want to see your leg. <laughs> Are you ready for this? <laughs> <gasps> no. Okay. I am in this really super attractive. <laughs> Walking boot now, since you saw me last. <laughs> oh my God, listeners, if you can just see Erica's eyes, the size of saucers. That's, yeah, that's, that's me. Shocking. Yeah, it got worse. Ooh, <laughs> From last week, I am pretty much, yeah, I was in the orthopedist's office, and the doctors ordered me to get fitted for this walking boot and the woman came in to fit me for the boot and she came in and she looked at me wearing wearing this like sling and she came she goes wait am i in the wrong room i was supposed like, to no, fit no, no. you for a for a boot but i'm in it's the wrong room it. i'm like I'll take no, it no, all. no the whole right side of my body is basically toast so just slap it on because <laughs> i'm just yeah this has been this has been, yeah. Uh-huh. It's been slightly rough for Jules. <laughs> the, fu- yeah. the one time that I'm feeling like pretty good because uh-huh. I'm off my meds and I'm like ready to go. This girl yeah. comes in and she's like, not only am I wearing a sling, let me now show you my walking boot. I have had to wear that for, yeah. for many a times. And mm-hmm. um, it is the most uncomfortable thing ever. Yeah. And Riddle me why you're in a walking <laughs> boot now because I thought you did you fracture your shin? They thought I maybe had a hairline fracture of my tibia, but turns out that I probably don't. I they think I now have an infection in the bone and I'm on antibiotics and they're trying to prevent me from having to have surgery on that. It's like it's just it's a disaster all around. I was in a stairs accident like i do not have a good story <laughs> why are you in a boot though i don't know you still haven't <laughs> answered do, this question i do what the doctor says okay it's really stupid painful like it it is really okay. really painful for me to walk or to stand on my leg and and they're like okay well this is going to be you're going to heal faster if we distribute the weight differently on your leg so yeah. And so now I think I need to come up with a better story for why I look like this walking disaster because my, my falling down the stairs face first thing is really lame. 
<laughs> it just keeps getting worse and I worse. I mean, oh, it's, it's I know it's a, this a terrible, horrible, no good, very he, bad Christmas. <laughs> I just thought you were going to just like show me a gross wound on your leg. But I could do I that too. No, it was a it was a wound, and they think because the wound, I should have gotten stitches, right? And I yeah. didn't because I refused to go to the ER on Christmas. Because it was Christmas. So, yeah. Because it was Christmas. And um Oh my God. So <laughs> <laughs> wait, and you're laughing with me, right? Not at me. I guess. I don't even know anymore because I am so I'm perturbed yeah. by what's happening on your side yeah. of the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The site is jewels. Yeah, I know. But I, I tell you what's been really, really cool is that I have had to do a whole bunch of <laughs> wait, something's cool about this. No, not about this situation. There's nothing cool. But but you know, you have to look for the bright sides and everything, right? So um I have had to I do guess a whole- if you're jewels, you do. <laughs> I'm just like dying for you over here. I can't so I can't really do a lot of baking, right? I can't stand up for any length of time i can't like stir the pot very well <laughs> anyway um so but i have to still i've been i'm doing a lot of product development work right now and i i really have to keep pushing forward with this and um so i've had some really good friends in the community who um have stepped up and have taken some of the r&d um mixes that I have that I'm working on and taking them home and uh, with my marching orders have baked with them and have, you know, reported back results and stuff like that for me. And that's just, it's been really nice to have people do that for me. Well, not me, by the way, you did not <laughs> ask me to bake you anything. You don't live down the street. You can't just come over here and pick up some flour for me to do that. Sure. I could send you some, but this was it's like, true. You know. But you know how subpar I am. <laughs> that is not true. That is not true. And and the point is, it should be for what what I'm doing when I'm working on it. Should be that anybody can just take it and yeah. bake with it, right? It shouldn't be that it, it's so exacting a science that you has to be this way. It's got to work for everybody, or it's it's not it's not the way it's supposed to be. That's that's what I'm trying to develop is mixes and flowers and things that anyone can use. So, so your mixes were so easy. You could do them one-handed <laughs> and right. give them to other people that are not professional bakers and that's they right. do stuff with that's it. Right. Well, okay. So here's the thing. I was doing it one-handed as we talked about last week, but then because my leg got more and more and more painful, I couldn't stand <laughs> to do it. So that's why I had to start farming them out to other people. So... Here I sit. Do you, <laughs> you have you you have one or two kids at home? Just one right now? Uh, right at this moment, I have one. Yes. Is she helping? Is she like also recipe oh testing? Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> she's she's busier than you know any seventeen year old could hope to be. So. Oh, for sure. I know she's always on the go. I yeah. just didn't know if between everything that she's also doing, if she yeah. also had to be your sous chef. Well, she was last night. I actually finally was like, I mean, because, you know, baking and cooking is like also not just my job, it's my therapy, right? And so I was like, losing my mind. I can't cook. I can't bake. I can't do anything. And so last night I was like, I don't care how much this hurts. I'm making dinner. Like I just 
want to make dinner. And so she came home from work and found me trying to like chop vegetables one handed, which is a bad idea. Anyway, um, I said, all right, keep your left side. All right. Like keep those fingers. Like that's very important for you to preserve the rest of your body that's working. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's a good point, Erica. Okay. I'll do that. Um, but anyway, so I said, all right, uh, knife skills lessons 101 over here. And she, I mean, when she's home, she's super helpful. It's just that she's, you know, she's got a job, she's in school, she's, you know, runs track. So she's just super busy. But so she came home and, and I was like, all right, this is a good opportunity for you to learn some knife skills and whatever. And so we, we did that together last night and she chopped some veggies. Do you and need we- like a home healthcare worker <laughs> to come and like help cook for you? I, I needed a home healthcare worker just to put my hair in a ponytail today. Like I, I yeah, can't. It's I, really I, hard one handed. This is the best I could do. <laughs> like I literally can't put my hair in a ponytail. My husband's out of town. My daughter's at work. I'm like, I can't put my hair in a ponytail. <laughs> it's terrible. You don't oh think about God. these things. It's the little things like putting your hair in a ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my yeah. God. It's, um, it's something, Jules. I, yeah, it's, I know. It I'm, really is. I'm yeah. almost too shocked to speak because <laughs> we were talking for a half an hour and the whole time you were not like, hey, just to let you know, I'm in a boot now. You had to shock <laughs> me. Saving it up. First time in front. Of, wow. It's good. It's a good one. Um, that is, it's a, that's a lot. Oh, mm-hmm. honey. Yeah. I wish I was closer. I mean, obviously for a myriad of reasons, but so yeah. I could actually like help you cook dinner every night. I imagine or that that's a huge put my hair in a ponytail, or just like it's all I want. Take yeah. you to dry bar at least and have them do oh, your God. hair Seriously. in a braid. I know. Seriously, that would be really nice. You know how long yeah. it takes to wash my hair like one hand. It's just crazy. It's a lot. That's a lot. But I'm grateful to have hair. So I just keep trying to turn it around and go, okay, I'm grateful yep. to have hair. I'm grateful to have friends to come over and take flour and bake for me. Grateful to have a left hand. I'm grateful to have a left hand that fingers. I haven't cut off yet. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, that glass half full thing. I cannot complain for the next like three to four weeks about making dinner because I have two okay. hands and a fully functioning set of legs right now. So, all right. Oh, Jules. Uh, well, that's horrible. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> On Damn, that note. Girl. Yeah. Well, speaking about horrible things, you have some news from the gluten-free community that you want to share. <laughs> some downer news. Yeah. Oh, my um, gosh. Okay. So, everybody. Um News from the gluten free community. We need to insert a sound effect, like a wah 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 sound effect. Can you do well, that? Okay, so let's let's okay pause. Let's let's pepper in some sunshine, Jules. You were just chosen as the number one influencer <sighs> again on the 2023 Gluten Free Buyers Guide, and I was a sad honorable mention, but I'm okay with that because oh. you know what? We're both on the same podcast. There you go. You so we're both winners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the one piece of positive news that we have for you this week. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it. <laughs> that's, Everything that's else is downhill true. from here. 
No, everything that's not true. I think I think you have something positive <sighs> to say that <sighs> we'll we'll definitely have to get to because I know you probably just wanted to have a podcast just to talk about it today. I do. Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. So now that we so congratulations, Jules. Hey, Thank good you. for you. Awesome. Number one. Again, I'm honored. Um, I am honored about that. Like, yeah. I really, yeah. I do really feel um, blessed about that. So, um, hashtag blessed. Number one, gluten free personality, Jules. Hashtag blessed. I'm going to be maybe like a little less influential for the next few weeks, but I'll, I'll do my best. <laughs> you still have your personality, and that's all that matters. Oh, that's true. You know, that's true. I'll try to be free if I can. I'll, I'll be as so bubbly as I possibly can. That's, that's awesome. You can order the Gluten-Free Buyer's Guide anytime on Amazon to see Jules' shining face in the number one spot. Yet again, I believe you probably won for like best flower too. Don't you always win for that? Um, yeah, we, uh, we, uh, yes, Jeff Jules, um, gluten-free flour one for best gluten-free all-purpose flour, which I'm super, super excited about because, I mean, when you go up against like, it's a tough category, know, it is a tough category. And when you go up against, you know, the national brands, um, I'm, I'm really, really excited about that. Every time we win, I get super stoked because, um, most people still haven't even heard of my company, my, you know, my flower or whatever, um, you know, and, and for the people who love my products enough to actually take the time to vote for it, that's, I'm, I'm really, really, very flattered, um, honored and excited because it's, um, it's a way of, you know, really endorsing our products, um, in the way that matters, you know, people feel so strongly about how good the products are that they, you know, want to vote for it and, um, tell people how great they are and how much they've helped them and, um, in their gluten-free lives. And that just means so much to me. Yeah. And I think you probably got a couple of other mentions as well, because you always do with some of your other products. So we'll have to get that information and share it out in the liner notes for what you actually won this year. But, um, yes. So kudos. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, more depressing gluten-free news, Jules. <laughs> well, okay. So, um, this is, this is just more, I think of a, of a, let's remind everyone about the reality in which we live. And, mm-hmm. um, and that is that, you know, food safety is a big deal for everyone who's living gluten-free and there's always going to be an oats controversy. I mean, I just mm-hmm. think that's just the way it is. I mean, when I when I it was has diagnosed been since it started, yeah, yeah. When, I, yeah. when I was diagnosed, I'm sure it was probably the same for you, right, Erica? Like, um, I was diagnosed in the 90s, and they said you can't have oats because they have gluten mm-hmm. in them because they were so contaminated with gluten containing grains that every time they tested oats for gluten, they tested as having gluten in them, even though. They're from a completely different grass family. They don't even have gluten, you know, as a protein in the oats. So it's not possible for them to be gluten containing inherently. But there's just so much about oats that are a risky ingredient if they're not processed properly. And so if a company is going to use oats in their products and claim gluten free, they have to do so many things to make sure that it's safe. And oats are a fantastic gluten free. Um, ingredient for people to include in their gluten-free diet because they're so healthy mm-hmm. and, um, so, and high so protein and fiber yeah. and yummy. Yeah. So it's just, it's a, 
it's a really controversial topic because some people feel like no matter what, oats make them sick. And a lot of those people have only ever had contaminated oats, whether they know it or not. Um, mm-hmm. And some people feel like, um, you know, they, um, you know, always want to include oats in their diet. And other people say they never want to include oats in their diet. And some people, you know, don't understand how to shop for safe. And it's just, it's, it's very, very complicated. And it's you know, one of the more complicated topics about celiac disease. Yeah. You know, I think like testing, we understand here are the four things that you do, you know, and, and, yeah. and, uh, first degree relatives, this is what happens. And autoimmune diseases are most likely linked. Like there's like sets of questions that it's like, of course, these are the solid answers. When it comes to something like this, it seems like every expert has a different opinion on what we should move forward. Every country is different, which is so <laughs> true, strange true, true. to me. True, true, true. And, you know, it's just, yeah. it's a very interesting. So even I have changed my position over time about oats. I mean, nobody told me about purity protocol because I don't think GIs at Mayo Clinic knew about that. So yeah. they're like, yeah, just do a quarter cup of oats. You're fine. <laughs> and so I was eating them and I'm like, I still was not getting better because I love yeah. oats. I was eating Quaker oats. You know, I was very diligent about like eating a quarter cup every day because I mm-hmm. loved it. And then I'm like, oh crap. Uh, I was supposed to get gluten-free oats. So I wasn't mm-hmm. even eating gluten-free oats. Like nobody really told me because nobody really thinks about that. Nobody really knows. It's just so yeah. murky and it's still murky sometimes. And every GI, like I said, has a differing opinion on it. So oddly enough, the ACG story that we'll talk about a little bit later does tie into this story because ACG does have guidelines about oats. And what's so interesting is that every GI has a different version of what they think it should be. And the nutritionists and then certification bodies and then people who are eating oats. I mean, everyone has a different opinion. So it's interesting. And it's always been a topic that's very like, oh, wait, who am I listening to? Who should mm-hmm. I listen to? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's, and it's, it's like, if you want more information on, you know, on safe oats, how to shop for oats, what are purity, like, if you're like, wait, what are Jules and Erica talking about? What's purity protocol? Like all this stuff. I have seven probably seven different articles on my website mm-hmm. about this. Yeah. So we'll put some links in the liner notes for you to find more information on this stuff. Cause we could beat this course forever, but the news, if um, you know, we can just sort of hop to that. That's the want, want, want part is that the end of 2022, beginning of 2023, um, there were tests that came out about certified gluten-free products that had, um, been tested and been found to contain over 20 parts per million gluten that were oat based products. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we like to think that certified gluten-free products are always going to be safe. And that's where, that's where this is like, ah, and you know, where Erica says, this is just so complicated and so tricky. And, um, it just, you know, it's really, it's, it is, it's just all of those things. And it's because oats are a risky ingredient and mm-hmm. it comes down. Spots. Yeah. They have hot spots. And what that means is that you can take a huge batch of oats as a, as a single grain ingredient and the whole thing can be fine. And then there's like this piece of wheat over here or a piece of barley over here or whatever. And, um, once, you know, you get that in, into the big batch, it, it, just, you know, is like roulette as to when you get that one 
you know, product that has that ground into it. And that's yeah, why and Cheerios lentils, are a problem. Um, and like, and yeah. lentils are mm-hmm. experiencing a similar mm-hmm. thing right now yep. with um, lentils. You know, when we talked about lentils last week, when we talked about sorting and, and looking for errant grains, yep. Um, it's another issue in our community. And it's something that like, we, I never thought that we'd have to deal with this, but um, most people don't understand food manufacturing, how food is grown, which is, a, I mean, a problem in general, right? We don't yeah. know where our food comes from, yep. but um, yeah. So there's a lot of interesting things that happen in like food growth and food manufacturing and food packaging that we don't necessarily understand. And this is where stuff can happen. Um, so yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how everything plays out as always with anything with oats. Um, but I prefer personally, I, when I am eating like oatmeal and stuff, I prefer purity protocol, Yeah, but like, you know, the Oreos are made with oats and I'm eating them. Um, so I really like, I can't really say anything because there's, everyone has their own thoughts on what they want to personally eat and ultimately comes down to a personal decision because no guidelines is going to make everyone happy. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and just so that um, everyone knows what we're talking about, the products that have been tested that were problematic were gluten-free harvest, uh, Trader Joe's oats. Um, and um, it was, I can't remember the name of the one that just was, it was some, granola that was just, I guess this week, I can't remember the name of it. Um, and, um, I think, well, there's, there were two other, uh, brands that one of them had something that was an ingredient in it or something like that, but they were all on the gluten-free watchdog site, which is something that if people, um, are familiar with them, it's a separate individual site where she goes and does her own, um, testing, private test testing of products. So, um, Anyway, it's it's something to be aware of, and if you have a choice to buy something that's a purity protocol product versus a non-purity protocol product, the purity protocol oat product will always be the safer choice. But um, there's not always a choice, and so sometimes you have to choose yeah. whether you want to eat Such oats or not oats. <laughs> yeah, you know? and it's so, hard. <laughs> um, yeah, I am experiencing that a lot, and this can kind of, I guess, pivot to my my happiness, which is the new Oreos that came yeah. out. But I mean, in my thousands upon thousands of views or whatever and comments that people are sharing about their Oreos from my post, a lot of them are asking about what the ingredients are. And I'm like, dude, it's Oreos. (laughs) Like for real, first of all, you're going to be unhappy with the ingredients Mm -hmm. if you're asking about ingredients in an Oreo. Like we got a lot of people asking about, you know, if they're using bioengineered ingredients. I'm like, dude, it's Nabisco. (sighs) Like, of course they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just assume, yeah. yeah. And it's then a, a lot processed of food. <laughs> about, yeah. And a lot of questions about um, uh, oats and then a lot of questions about food dye. And I'm like, no, the inside is naturally green. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, the, no, the like, little leprechaun comes in there and waves his magic wand and it's all natural real. green. Mm-hmm. So um, sugar, yay, palm oil which who knows about palm oil. It's such as another sketch ingredient, oh, right? Yeah. Um, but they do use sust- uh, sustainably sourced cocoa. So that's exciting. <laughs> uh, they make a big deal out of it, which is cool. Good for them. Um, white rice flour, tapioca starch, soybean, canola oil, whole or oat flour, corn starch, cocoa, sugar, soy lecithin, baking soda salt, xanthan gum, chocolate, 
finally chocolate appeared, <laughs> peppermint oil, and then the best, yellow five, lake blue one, <laughs> and then artificial flavor. At least it doesn't have red food dye in because yeah. people would lose their minds. Yeah. Which, by the way, it just got linked to IBD. So that's another fun thing about food dyes. Um, so, yeah. So, yes, of course, it contains a bioengineered ingredients from Nabisco. Yeah. Of course it does. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are so good. <laughs> but, I mean, I can, so can we just sorry. bring it back for a second? If you're going to eat Oreos, like, this is not, you know, you're not living off of it. This is a treat. So this like, is not, I, I mean, yeah. I have sustained myself solely on these Oreos okay, for a day. Most people are not going, Most to, people are not going to eat them. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're delicious. This should not be your entire diet. Yeah. Just saying. And I think, um, I love, I'm a cookie monster, but even cookie monster says that cookies are sometimes food, you know? And I am not here to shame anyone in their diet because that is, it's January. The last thing I want to do is shame someone. But like, Jesus, have an Oreo. My God, calm down. Um, so these are delicious. And I will show you, they all have the gluten-free sign on them. They all say gluten-free. So awesome. Um, they have this really artificial color on the inside. No, no, no. That's smells- very natural. What are you talking about? This is freshly ground leprechaun, (laughs) freshly ground leprechaun into each Oreo. Um, It is so good. And I, you know, I like Oreos. Don't get me wrong. I liked Oreos before. Um, But like, I'm like, okay, it's an Oreo, whatever. I was very hesitant when they said they were going to send me these because I'm like, dude, mint is so gross. It usually tastes like toothpaste. Like you can do mint so bad, you know, like. Mint can do you dirty in an artificial flavor, but um, this tastes just like a thin mint cookie. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the flavor that I miss. Like it is so good. And it's not, I even like these better than Goody Girl. Just going to say it. And um, I'm, I was shocked. I was shocked because I was not expecting to like it. I was expecting to be like, oh, this is really cool. Good for people who want to have mint Oreos, whatever. And I was just like, oh my God, these are so much better than the regular Oreos. They're so good. I'm so alarmed at how good they are. Like, oh, they're delicious. Well, and but bringing it back to the oats situation, uh, Goody Girl uses Purity Protocol oats. You know what they do. So there you go. Anyway, just saying. If, if but you they care. have dairy, but they have dairy in them. This is what is bumming and, me out about Goody Girl. I know, I know. I, I don't know why they do stuff. that. I don't know why they do that. But like, just make it vegan, girlfriend. Just remove the dairy, and I would be your biggest super fan because I, I love her stuff. I know, love her stuff. And or just I'm go one hundred percent processed, like Oreo. Like, there's no dairy in that because it's completely processed. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, there ain't no. Everyone's like, is there dairy? And I'm like, girlfriend, it's vegan because there ain't nothing real in this. That's cookie. right. That's right. <laughs> no, they would never spend the money on eggs or dairy. No. What are you talking about? Sustainably sourced cocoa. <laughs> yes. But like, dude, they're so good. And so I don't know. I, I and and thankfully on my page, I don't have a lot of people who are like fat shaming people who are eating this crap because I have no tolerance for that. Like if mm-hmm. you if you junk food shame someone's diet, I'm like, hey, do it on your own page. Don't do it on mine. I don't need it. Yeah. I just want someone to be happy with an Oreo. But like people are like, oh, what's in it? I'm like, gross stuff, man. It's an Oreo. Come on. Like, yeah. 
Just like um, the real ones. So the real ones are pretty gross. Just like the real ones. So- yeah. But they're delicious. So um, I'm really excited about these. And I don't know what to do with them other than just eat them. But I'm pretty sure I could make like a grasshopper cake. Um, so there's like some cool things that I plan on doing with these. Um, I'm really excited. And they're in stores now. Um, so if you're into Oreos, if you love processed food, which I do, uh, please go check them out. Cause I think that you're going to be really excited about them because they're so good and they're made with real leprechauns, sustainably sourced cocoa and not 10 real leprechauns <laughs> and not purity protocol oats, but that's okay. Uh, so that's a new, um, oats containing product <laughs> that I wanted to share with you today. Um, I just, I know, yeah. you know, we talked about it last time and I, I was, yeah. I'm like, oh, if they're not very good, I'm going to be sad yeah, to talk about it, but, um, very good. That's all right. We can talk. Yeah. Luckily they're very good. So good. Those are really the only packages that came lately. It's a lull because, you know, next in two weeks is fancy. F- well, actually no, it's next week. Oh my God. Next week is fancy food in Las mm-hmm. Vegas. Um, so I'm going to try to get some recordings on the show floor so we can share some interviews from the show floor. Um, obviously Jules will be at home nursing her war wounds um, from her ski, from her Olympic skiing accident that she yes, had. That's definitely what happened. And to me. Um, I will be, uh, gambling and eating really fancy sushi and um, meeting up with my friends from um, my gluten-free world expo are there as well. And then uh, my friend that runs little GF chefs has a booth there. So I'm going to be hanging out with her and we're going to be doing some interviews. And so I'm very excited to sample some stuff on a show floor again, because it's been a lull since uh, Expo East. There hasn't really been a lot of new product stuff coming out. So Excited to get back on the wagon. Yes, shows are the best. Yeah, and I really think that you should have just registered for that show so you would get all the emails too. They're really annoying emails that I'm getting all day long about cheese. Nah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So fancy food that we go to is all about like fancier food. So there is a whole section just on cheese. And somewhere on my post, I'm sure that I'm like, I'm dairy free, but still everyone's pitching me. Like the California cheese board was like, come to our booth. And I'm like, I went, but there's not really a lot of things I can eat there. So. Well, that's actually where I first discovered Miyoko's like, I don't know, 10 years ago for the magazine. Was that fancy food? It was a fancy food. And I interviewed her and all that. Yeah. For the magazine. So yeah. Yeah, so there are some good dairy-free cheese options out there, too. Oh, there's so many really good things at Fancy Foods. I'm very excited. I wish you were with me, Jules, but obviously you're going to be in at spirit. home healing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I will be um, taking one for the sinner. team, taste gonna testing. Be a sinner in Las Vegas because that's my yes. second home. Yes, Same it is. Bellagio. <laughs> Rolling some craps. Or I don't know. I actually whatever, don't play whatever those games, that is. so I don't really know how that works. Okay. Sounds good, though. <sighs> the last thing that we want to talk about before um, I allow Jules to go back to sleep in a drug-induced coma uh, <laughs> for whatever she will be having to deal with the fact that she is now in a boot. And mm. God, I can't even. I can't even look at you. I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry a little bit. You're like, it's like, it's like going to the, going to my bottle babies and seeing the sad bottle baby. And it's like, oh my God, I just want to put a little warmy on you and give you a little bottle milk and send you to sleep. (laughs) So next up (laughs) is the American College of Gastroenterology, one of the two major uh, compilations of 
people. I don't know what even is ACG. It's a organization. Yes. Two or there's two organizations, the American college of gastroenterology and the American gastroenterological association. One of them has this journal and it's called the American journal of gastroenterology. This reminds me of life of Brian G. Remember life of Brian? Yes. It's (laughs) these are too many acronyms. This is really ridiculous. Anyway, regardless, the American Journal of Gastroenterology is one of the premier journals about gastroenterology, meaning it's important. Uh, It has the most up-to-date research. There are clinical guidelines, meaning like the doctors, these are the guidelines that we should now be following based on the most recent research. So um, a couple of amazing people put together these uh, ACG guidelines in the AJG um, Dr. Rubio Tapio, which is a huge, you know, celiac disease name, Carol Simrad, uh, uh, Siren Kelly, uh, and my, my, my boy, Ben Lebwall, um, they all got together and put together the, these guidelines. And so clinical guidelines are basically like, here's some, not scandalous, but here's some really nebulous advice that we give doctors to, to do, or, uh, for diagnosing celiac disease or the management of celiac disease, like for testing, like you would think that all doctors know that this is this and this and this and this and this. But as you know, if you've been to like five different gastroenterologists, everyone has their own version of like what celiac disease testing should look like. So what clinical guidelines are is they get everyone on the same page. They said, here's the most recent research. We get everyone on the same page. Everyone who reads these means that this is the same guidelines that everyone has to follow for these specific set of advice. So it's interesting. These have some guiding principles and some um, topics that are talked about. And um, basically, they grade all the evidence. And based on the current evidence that they have and the highest grade, meaning like the most the most actual legitimate research, they, they come to, up with these recommendations and conclusions. Anyway, so the first one is like, should we use blood testing and a biopsy to confirm celiac disease in both children and adults? And it's like, well, no, duh. But there's a lot of people who are saying like, hey, at some point, should we just like not do a biopsy? Should we just base it on blood results? Especially for like children. Super high blood results. Yeah, especially for children. So um, in this, they do recommend uh, to have an upper endoscopy with biopsy with multiple duodenal biopsies for the confirmation and diagnosis in both children and adults. And they do talk about key concepts as far as like how many biopsies are supposed to happen in the duodenum, which is like a huge thing that most doctors, like that's why you have to go to a GI that understands celiac disease, because that means that they've read these guidelines. They know how many biopsies to take and where to take it from specifically, especially like there's like two that you have to take from the bulb. That is a lot of like misdiagnosis. Um, so it gives the background and everything on why they chose this um, and basically to put everyone to stop talking about this stupid European guidelines, which is the bane of my existence because everyone thinks that they can just like skip the endoscopy and just have blood tests for a celiac disease diagnosis. But what's cool about these guidelines is that, yes, they say, here's what we recommend. But then in the next one, in the next, at the end of the guideline for this, it says, here is some future research that we hope to do. Is there a way to have a serological, meaning a blood test only, to where we cannot have a biopsy? 
Obviously, we would love to have that. Biopsies are very intrusive, especially for children to put them, you know, under anesthesia. How can we do this? And what are the what are the effects in clinical practice from offering a non-biopsy approach? Like, how will that change physicians' practices? They're not doing 10 endoscopies every Monday. What is that going to be like? So they have all these future recommendations, which is why I really like guidelines, because it's not like, here's the research, this is what it is, and we're not going to change it. They're always looking for something different. Um, the next guideline that they have is about um, using intestinal mucosal healing as the guideline for an endpoint of the gluten-free diet. So basically, if you're not healing, we need to continue to work on what your diet looks like. Um, and they're using this because there's a lot of people who still have symptoms, but that doesn't mean that you are having real changes in your mucosal healing. You could just be having symptoms that are not having long-term intestinal damage. Um, so it's interesting that they say that. There's another one that I want to tell you about, about the NEMA sensor, one of your favorite things on the planet. Not. Um, <laughs> should gluten detection of, and it's really interesting because, you know, most doctors just to be like, what the hell is a NEMA sensor? But everyone in the community is like, oh yeah, we know about this. Um, so medical device use, should gluten detection devices versus the current standard of care be used to monitor adherence to a gluten-free diet or a patient's dietary decision-making? And what do you think they said, Jules? Um, no. We suggest against routine use of gluten detection <laughs> devices in food or biospecimens among patients with celiac disease because the quality of evidence is low, mm. obviously. Obviously, they want you to be able to meet with a dietitian and have you, know, a, have you be empowered enough to make those choices for your food. Um, but they do want to eventually have more studies done on this. Um, you know, I've talked about studies where they use urine and stool detection devices to see you know, if you're having gluten in your diet. So I don't know. It's just really interesting that they're talking about that in their yeah. science-y little world. Um, they talk about probiotics, you know, probiotics is always a mixed bag. They don't recommend the use of probiotics to, um, to, for the treatment of celiac disease. This is where wording does matter because obviously for the treatment of celiac disease, like some people are like, oh, if I take probiotics, will my, will my gut heal from celiac disease? Well, they're saying no, but probiotics could be used depending on, you know, what other, like I use probiotics for IBS, Cool. Yeah. That's not used for the treatment of a gluten-free diet. Um, so that's good that they're at least drawing lines in the sand as far as that. And then they also talk about oats, which is what we were mentioning before. So they say, you know, in patients with newly diagnosed celiac disease, what is the effect of the gluten-free diet without oats on rates of clinical remission and mucosal healing compared to a gluten-free diet with oats? And they actually found um, that there's no difference and that they, so now they're, rec they are at least recommending the consumption of gluten-free oats in the diet of those with celiac disease. However, they do note that there is gluten contamination in oats and that there's variable toxicity in different varieties of oats, AKA purity protocol is safe and the other ones may not be. And then obviously a small risk of those for an immune reaction to avenin. So we know about maybe five to 10% of those with celiac disease could have results um, or have an immune reaction to avenin, which is the protein of, of oats themselves. But like Jules said, oats are great. 
Oats are a fantastic source of fiber. And um, for the oats, I have a great source of protein and a great, just like healthy way to get soluble fiber. So yeah, um, they recommend um, monitoring for oat tolerance, obviously, which is just like, hey, if you feel like crap and you eat oats, maybe you don't eat oats. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting that they're that they've made a stance on this. I think what's interesting is that like, they're not making a stance about food quality within the oats, but they're at least noting that oats are different. Some oats are different than others. Some oats are better than others or variable toxicity in mm-hmm, oats. Mm-hmm. So in, in doctor speak. <laughs> yeah. In doctor speak. They also recommend um, the pneumococcal vaccine, which is something they've always recommended, but apparently they have like a strong yeah. guideline on it now. Um, and the thing that always gets me is they consistently do not recommend mass screening for celiac disease, which is something that I've always been for. Um, but the quality of evidence uh, and, and, and so many physicians bring this up every year, like we should be screening all children for celiac disease, <laughs> just like other countries do. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are like, nah, we think it'll do more harm than good. It's basically what has been happening every single time that they update recommendations or fight for this recommendation. So again, they recommend against mass screening for celiac disease in the community, but they obviously do recommend screening for those who are having symptoms, no duh, um, or people who have other, you know, autoimmune diseases that are mm-hmm. connected to celiac and people who have like first degree relatives. Yes. yes. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a bummer. I hope one day that they'll be open to mass screening, but Yeah. But it was nice to see them codify the recommendations about first degree relative screening and all that too, though, because Mm -hmm. I think that um, a lot of physicians are either unaware of that um, or just have not been, you know, guiding their celiac patients towards that sort of, um, you know, counseling for their, their relatives, because that's so important to, understand the genetic component of celiac disease and that it is so significant, um, the connection there with um, other first degree relatives and that they need to be tested, whether they have symptoms or not, because, you know, we know about the celiac iceberg and that so many people don't Mm -hmm. have symptoms, but it still affects you and how, you know, how it it can make you more susceptible to other diseases and um, the, you know, just the cascading effect of having that, having celiac, whether it's, you know, whether you feel it or not, the, the, the problems that can flow from that. So it's just important to um, have that be in writing and have it be out there and their recommendations. Yeah. And they, they have a list of like, these are the, these are the conditions to consider testing for celiac disease Mm -hmm. and on here. I mean, thank God. Oral aphthous ulcers, discolored teeth, and enamel loss. Yep. And, um, you know, um, elevated liver enzymes and unexplained pancreatitis, like all the things that, like, people are like, oh my God, that's related to celiac diseases. Like, oh my God, this is the only way that I was diagnosed, you know? Yeah. To see this in writing, to be like, oh my God, print yeah. this out and give this to literally every doctor. Anemia, infertility, you know. like all yeah. those things were on the list, like, yeah. which, which yeah. I mean, we've yeah. had on the list for a while, but like to have that be, you know, listed on their list is pretty Yeah, cool. I just want to give it this handout to everyone. So mm-hmm. I just, I love, I, I love a good updated guidelines. You know me, I love a good updated clinical <laughs> guidelines. <laughs> with a side of Oreos. <laughs> oh, with a 
outside of mint Oreos. So I did, um, we will link this in the, uh, the liner notes because it's very important. If you have physicians that don't get it, Hey, here's a hint or, you know, just to share with family members, like how serious is it? Like, this is a, this is legit. Like these are a lot of doctors that got together and they're like, these are it guys pay attention to this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's nice. Um, it's, it's just nice to have celiac be in focus like this, you know? Yeah. I got all excited when the journal came out and I'm like, oh my God, celiac's on the cover. This is so exciting. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so sad. <laughs> yeah. <We're laughs> I got real geeky. excited we're, about we're it. kind of geeky like that. Yeah. <laughs> so there's another um, journal article that I wanted to highlight just oh, yeah. ever so briefly. And the only reason why I think this is interesting is just because I think it's it highlights how um, there is a shift that we're seeing in in research, in medical research, which is focusing on patient perspective. And, and, and I think so much of, of gastroenterology at least does need to focus on patient perspective because, um, you know, it, it is, especially with things like, um, irritable bowel syndrome, IBS, that is, um, a, a psychological, um, there's such a psychological aspect to it. Um, and disorders of the brain get access. Yes, exactly. 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 Um, and, and of course, you know, celiac is, is right in there too, but people, um, in the medical field have, have known about this, but have not, um, I guess maybe has, have overtly been looking at what it, feels like to be that patient and how they want to be treated as that patient and done studies about that. Like, you know, how this is novel, right? And so this study doesn't come out with anything like hugely, you know, groundbreaking, but I think it's interesting just the fact that they did this study, right? And so it's a, it's a study on IBS and it's like, do the patient's perspectives differ from the physician's perspectives on treatment options for when you have IBS? Mm-hmm. And, and what was interesting was that the end result was that physicians thought that patients were going to weight things differently. Like patients wouldn't want to drive as far or that, um, that they didn't want to wait as long for treatment or whatever. And it turns out that they didn't want to spend money. Right. Yeah. Patients were like, like, Oh no, no, no. We will give you all of our money. (laughs) Yeah. If it works, I will pay you. And, um, you know, so it was just, it was an interesting, it was just interesting in that regard that they were actually looking to see what the nexus was between the patient and the, and the physician perspective when, when it came to IBS care. And I think that's going to guide a lot a lot more, um, you know, of treatment in this, in this, you know, milieu, but also others. So I just thought that was an interesting, um, journal study that came out. So I'm going to share that. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. Like, yes, we will do anything to stop pooping in our pants. Thank you very much. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Give me what I'll drive wherever. <laughs> yep. That's right. 100%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah, well, thanks for it. sticking around. Jules, I'm so sorry. Yeah. But like, yeah. I'm, you're going to be okay. Yeah. You're a tough cookie. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah, it'll be fine. We're all we're all rooting for you oh, and thanks. your sad boot and <laughs> brace that you have to wear. I mean, we're all, we're all here for you, girlfriend. Thanks. Emotionally, physically, mentally. 
Uh, thanks so so much. You know. um, I feel the love. Does that like yeah. I'll do my little half heart thing? <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, I appreciate you. I hope you feel better. Thanks. I hope you don't have a leg infection, and I hope you don't have to have surgery. <sighs> for all these things for you, so badly. I hope you can get back to baking very very soon. Yes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Me too. Because, um, like, I've got a ton of work to do, but I also, that's my therapy. So, yeah, <laughs> I know it's your happy space. It is my happy space. Oh. So, anyway. Well, well, thanks for sticking around for another mm-hmm. episode of You Had Me Eat. Hopefully, by next week, Jules will be feeling so much better. So much better. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll be on my way to Vegas. So, I will 100% be feeling better. But, um, <laughs> Hope you all have a great week. Thanks so much for sticking around for another episode. In the end. See you next week. Bye. If you like this episode, make sure you rate it on your podcast provider. And subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. You had me at eat. <laughs>